37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 203 of Pixelated Paranormal, possibly our shortest episode yet. Um, first off, Steven is not with us tonight. He is dealing with the uh, pitfalls and pratfalls of not having an air conditioner when it's like 102 degrees out here in Kansas, so he is still trying to deal with that. Godspeed, Steven. Hopefully you guys get that fixed. The pit pitfalls of sweaty balls. <laughs> oh, if only I could call this episode that. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know what's stopping you. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> I did call the last episode "busting a tut." And, oh uh, yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. That was a good one, and I had a good chuckle, and so did our buddy Seth Knives. Uh, he messaged me on Instagram and said, God damn it, man, I'm listening to your guys' latest episode, and that bust-a-tut shit has got me laughing way too hard. <laughs> so, yeah, solid, solid verbiage, buddy. Yeah, I do what I can. I might not be able to pronounce a lot of words correctly, but uh, I got some really good one-liners. There you go. Hey, man, it's kept your job this long, so just keep doing yeah. what you're doing, baby. <laughs> man. But, yeah, it's got to be a short episode um, because in addition to Steven um, just getting moved into the new place and dealing with, you know, the air conditioner crap, uh, I had a very, very uh, scary family emergency. And then, Preston, you're kind of dealing with a family emergency of your own, buddy. Yeah, my four-legged one. Yeah, poor little guy. Man. So what's uh, funny is uh, when uh, you're an adult and you have prostate issues, they just give you some pills and, uh, you know, send you along, you know, about your business. But uh, when mm -hmm. you're an older dog and you get into your older years and you start to deal with prostate issues, the, they take your nuts. So, <laughs> yeah, I forgot that old Brucey boy still had his balls yeah. uh, intact. <laughs> so and uh, I feel kind of guilty because I'm like, dude, he's like. He's past his prime. Like, boxers live eight to ten years old, and he's, like, ten and a half. And I'm like, oh, well. he's, like, he's been rocking with his life with nuts for, like, the last ten years, and now i got to take him. Like, he can only That's have, rough. like, a year, and a, a year and a half left. He can have, like, two years left. And uh, I'm trying to give him the best last couple of years of his life, but i got to take his nuts, and I feel kind of guilty about that. So Yeah, but you know what? Like, old Brucey boy lives a pretty good life, so... At the end of the day, if you can take pride in that, then I think you're doing all right, man. Yeah. Poor fella. Well, uh, speaking of groins, my dad went in for his uh, for a heart stint because um, as healthy as he is, I mean, he's probably 40 pounds lighter than I am. He's been active his whole life, but uh, heart disease runs rampant in my dad's side of the family amongst all his siblings. And, you know, try as he might, genetics... Uh, don't play around. And so he had to go in for another heart stint. And I, I believe it's his fourth one. And the first three went off without a hitch. And spoiler alert, my dad is fine, but not without giving us all a huge, huge heart attack because had the stint put in, they had to go in through a portal through his artery and his groin. Uh, they went up, did it. 
Everything went off without a hitch. They release him to go home. And, like, mom walks dad inside the house, turns around, goes outside to get a couple drinks they got. And then she sees dad coming out of the house holding his crotch. And he's like, get back in the car. We got to go. And my mom said, wait, what's going on? And he pulled his hands away. And, like, just his jeans were just soaked with, you know, wet blood. Mm. Apparently the little, like, shunt or plug they put in there to kind of naturally let that artery heal back over came loose. And my dad was bleeding out. So Mm. that was uh, everything fucking terrifying. So... Anyway, mom got him to the ER and uh, because it's my dad. So my mom's like, let me call an ambulance. And he's like, no, get in the car. We got to (laughs) go. Ain't got no time to wait. So she rushed him to the uh, ER nearby where they live. And uh, everything's fine. Dad's home now. Um, The bleeding stopped. They had to put like a sandbag compression on him for like an hour. And then after that, they had a nurse. My dad said, this poor nurse, she had to come in and basically almost stand on a stool and hunch over and put all her body weight on this artery to do about 20 to 30 minutes of hand compressions on it. But uh, got it to stop bleeding. Dad's at home now in his normal, cheerful, playful, wonderful self. And uh, bleeding stopped. And, you know, God bless my mom for being such a trooper because she woke up like every hour or two Uh, throughout the night just to lift the blanket up and shine a flashlight on his gauze to make sure he wasn't bleeding because, you know, that was a very possible outcome that it could have came loose again, but... Yeah. Nope, he's good. Doing fine. Took some Chinese food over to him last night, or I mean tonight, and uh, hung out, chit-chatted, and then uh, Dad dropped trow and showed us his bruise. And it was really (laughs) funny because my dad's not really a bashful man, and, you know, Shayla is going to school for nursing, and... uh, She's like, well, let me see your bruise. And he's like, all right. And just goes to pull his pants down. And mom's like, you better cover up your business. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad's like, oh, okay, I will. And, you know, covered up his junk with one hand and pulled his pajama <laughs> pants down. And my God, it is like the color of the skin of a plum all inside of his thigh. Boy. Yeah, dude, it's rough. And dad said it was worse yesterday, but. Yeah, anyway, the moral of the story is, folks, if you've got a pet, go pet them. Scratch them behind the ears, rub their bellies, um, call your parents. Uh, if you're not uh, talking to your folks or if you don't have folks, call a friend. Call somebody, anybody. Tell them you'll love them. Yeah, life is uh, short, but it can be sweet. Yeah, most definitely, man. Most definitely. Well, speaking of short, we got to go short on this episode just because, you know, everything that we went through the last 24 hours, we didn't have time to prep a full-on episode. So, got a couple news stories for you guys, and then a lead-in to our following episode, which we will reveal here shortly. Um, It's not going to be late nights, because we got to get Steve in there, and I don't know. I'm hoping we'll get him in the next time around, but we're going to push that off to probably uh, 2.05. But it'll be good. We'll make it uh, extra gushy for everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, first up in the news, we're going to go over to the smithsonianmag.com. We're going to click X on this ad. They want me to join the Smithsonian Magazine membership. And we're going to talk about the sheephead fish, which dons a mouthful of human-like teeth. Have you heard of a sheep's head fish? Ugh. Yeah, I've seen pictures of it, and that thing is like, that, that shouldn't exist. Yeah, from the side, it looks like a really pretty fish. From the front, it looks like someone photoshopped Mr. Ed's face into this fish's mouth. It's fucking hideous. Oh, man, I hope I hope that my mic caught that. My dog just farted. <laughs> She's digging a, a little soft spot in her bed, and I just heard her rip one. Oh, man, that was awesome. <laughs> um, anyway, yep, dog farts. 
That's tonight's episode. <laughs> Last week, an angler casting a line off of Jeanette's Pier in Nags Head, North Carolina, caught a hefty and toothy nine-pound sheep's head fish, also known as a name I will butcher, Archisargus probatocephalus. The fish, nice. also known as a convict fish, for their black and gray horizontal striped body and ability to steal bait from lures and lines without getting caught, have large, beady black eyes and an uncanny grin that resembles a mouthful of human-like teeth. Imagine a piranha, but with dentures. Like, they stole an old man's dentures. That's what this gross-looking thing looks like. Mm. Photos of the cat shared on Facebook on August 3rd prompted many comments from users astonished by the fish's set of pearly whites. One guy says, I think Grandpa lost his dentures and the fish found him. The coastal critter was dubbed the sheep's head fish for the way that its mouth resembles a muzzle of a sheep, reports the BBC. And this is because, unlike piranhas eating, you know, predominantly meat, the sheep's head's diet consists of mollusks, crustaceans, molars, uh, and they eat molars too, no, and also clams and other things like crabs, so their molars assist in crushing the prey through the tough shells. Young sheep's head fish eat marine worms or any soft-bellied animal found within the seagrass until their specialized teeth begin to grow in, including incisors and molars, up to three rows of molars on the top of their mouth and two rows of molars on the bottom of their jaw. Can you imagine going noodling and sticking your hand down in a hole and pulling out one of those things? Jesus, no, I can't. I think I've said on the show before, like, I really want to go ride a bull or a horse, you know, a bucking horse at least once. Yeah. I think I could do decent at it, but I am terrified of being bit by a horse or a bull because those teeth are just big and flat, and I think it would hurt worse than any granny pinch you can imagine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A full-grown sheep's head fish can grow up to be three feet long, reports LiveScience.com. They eventually grow three rows of stubby flat teeth in their upper jaw and two rows lining the lower. The front teeth are even coated with enamel like human incisors. What Jesus. nightmare fuel is this? Yeah. Anglers can find sheep's head fish swimming near Atlantic coasts from Massachusetts all the way down to Brazil. And despite being caught for sport, they are edible and said to be one of the most delicious fish you can catch and eat. Mm, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, I don't Kidding. know. One more thing for me to be worried about getting bit by, I guess. Yeah. No noodling in the river, Sean. Yeah, no shit. And watch your noodle, too, because we never know. They oh, man. It's a, a soft yeah. belly worm. Oh, yeah, a little flat worm and little... <laughs> oh, dear Lord. <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, stay out of the water. But uh, we're not so sure that the ground is safe either because a ghost hunter plunged over 15 to 20 feet as a paranormal investigation went wrong. A ghost hunter in Buffalo, New Buffalo, New New, New Buffalo, shit, fuck, <laughs> Buffalo, New York. This is the great thing about some of these episodes. I'm not going to edit this. Well, this ghost hunter in Buffalo, Manu, New. <laughs> Manubadoodoo. <laughs> a ghost hunter in Buffalo, New York, reportedly fell 15 to 20 feet during a paranormal investigation inside one of the city's landmark buildings. 
According to the Buffalo News, an unnamed 35-year-old woman was searching for ghosts in the nearly century-old Central Terminal building on Saturday when she plunged through a substation roof. She was taken to a local hospital and treated for multiple injuries, says the newspaper. Her current condition is not known. A manhunting ghost with her was not injured. Local NBC station reported the pair was ghost hunting without permission in this historic structure, but so far no charges have been filed. The Buffalo Central Terminal was an active train station for half a century, operating from 1929 to 1979, which is probably just long enough to get some ghosts. Hmm. Before falling into despair... And in recent years, parts of the terminal have been refurbished and occasionally opened for special events, including ghost tours. Hear and see what was caught that possibly can prove that paranormal activity does exist at the Buffalo Terminal, says one tour declared back in 2018. In addition to the TV show Ghost Hunters being filmed at the terminal several times. Hmm. 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 Preston, we might need to be more careful next time we go ghost hunting. I don't. Uh, I don't do the dilapidated buildings. So I mean, there's that. So and <laughs> and true. I don't and I don't trespass. So there's that also. Ah, uh, look at you, Dudley. Do right. Yeah. And I watch my step. <laughs> ah, very true. I do too. That's why I don't normally step in pentagrams. Yeah. Yeah. Well, up next, man, I think we're not pixelated paranormal if we don't talk about the flying humanoid making headlines once again, the man known as the Jetpack Guy. Ooh. Have you have you caught any wind of this man, the Jetpack Guy? Um, no, but uh, when you get done, I'll... It was kind of funny trying to find flying humanoid stories. Like, everything I found, I'm like, fuck, we've covered that on the show. And then I found, like, a, a golden oldie, and I was like, yes! There we go. Well, if you guys are not familiar with our last news story, the Jetpack guy started making headlines around August of last year when an American Airlines flight reported, quote, a guy in a jetpack flying 30 yards away from the aircraft at nearly 3,000 feet above the L.A. airport. Similarly, he was spotted again by China Airlines crew back in October and was caught on video for the first time back in December. Well, I don't think we caught this guy in the headlines last time, but that's okay because he's making headlines again, and he's being cited for the first time since 2020. This is over at thenationalinterest.com. The Jetpack Man has been spotted again in Los Angeles. ABC also posted audio of the FAA calls, which refer to him as the UFO and also the Iron Man. <laughs> a couple of occasions back in 2020, what looked like awful a lot like a man flying in a jetpack was spotted in the vicinity of the Los Angeles International Airport. A JetBlue pilot spotted it in August. A China Airlines pilot saw it again in October. The government has investigated into the matter with the FBI and the FAA looking into what it could possibly be. And while there is one company in L.A. that does make jetpacks, the owner has disavowed any connection to quote-unquote the jetpack man, stating that it hadn't been flying on the dates 
of sightings, and it wouldn't have possibly been them or possibly been their jetpacks to take off without anyone noticing the noise. Later on, the War Zone reportedly filed for a Freedom of Information Act requesting from a man named John Greenwald that many in the government believe Jetpack Man was actually a drone probably meant to mimic the shape of a man wearing a jetpack. Kind of like those drones you see where people get like witches riding broomsticks and fly them around. Yeah, yeah. I think we covered that story. I think it was somewhere in England. Somebody had put like a banshee on a drone and flown it around, and people were thinking they were catching like phantoms in graveyards and stuff. And there was also that guy that uh, taxidermed like, you know, uh, dead animals. Oh, and the, he, <laughs> he taxidermied a cat. Yeah, on a oh, drone. Oh, man. Yeah. What in the Ed game? All told, the case of the jetpack guy seems to be very open from what we know right now. It's still interesting to know the FAA officials investigating the matter have been exploring similar and in some cases identical avenues to try to solve the mystery. While a drone dressed up to look like a jetpack wearing guy remains to be one theory, they still have no conclusive idea as to what or who the elusive LA Rocketeer is. Now, the same site has reported yet another Jetpack Man sighting. Recently reported that pilots at LAX have once again spotted what looks to be a man wearing a jetpack again near the airport. These sightings took place nearly a year after the original sighting. A Boeing 747 pilot reported seeing an object that might have resembled a jetpack 15 miles east of LAX, this time at 5,000 feet altitude, says an FAA spokesman telling ABC7. Out of an abundance of caution, air traffic controllers alerted other pilots in the vicinity. ABC also reported that FAA calls referred to the jetpack man as the UFO and also Iron Man. One thing became very evident. Something strange is definitely going on. It's getting very hard to discount these encounters as a fluke or some errant trick of light. There is something around LAX that is capable of flight that looks like a dude wearing a jetpack. It is flying where it shouldn't. So the biggest problem here is, guys, no matter what it is, it shouldn't be that freaking close to LAX. And I don't know, man, 5,000 feet up is pretty flippin' high. No, thank you. Oof. <sighs> Do you got a thing with heights? Are you scared of heights? Yeah, everything with heights. Uh, that's why I don't fly. Because <laughs> what guy. goes up must come down. And... Uh, I just uh, have this thing about, uh, you know, having all my my innies become outies and, you know, my ass goes through <laughs> my mouth because, you know, I fall from a height and I just it freaks me the fuck out, man. Yeah, if your ass went through your mouth, um, I think we'd still be friends, but it would definitely make things a little awkward. Oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah. ass face on the Preacher uh, movie and comic book. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Well, from that story, we started talking about flying humanoids, and the plan was to do a cryptid encounter with several stories of flying humanoids. But then, uh, you know, life happened, and we kind of got derailed. So uh, what did you find? You said you had an oldie but a goodie. What did you find about flying humanoids? And that'll be something to kind of pacify folks until next week when we do a deep dive into humanoids. 
Yeah, so I found this article from the San Antonio Current, and it was uh, written in uh, 2011, um, August 27th, 2011. Uh, the writer states, Recently I received an unusual report from colleagues who belong to a leading UFO organization. My associates had been contacted by a San Antonio family who claimed to have, have had a remarkable sighting near their home in... Uh, the area around a local airport. According to uh, their account, it was during April of 2009 when the incident occurred. At that time, the lady of the household was standing in her driveway having a conversation on her cell phone when she happened to glance up and spotted what appeared to be a huge, dark-winged man gliding through the air. Startled and amazed, like, oh my god... Uh, the woman ran into her house and yelled at her husband and son to come out and take a look. All of them were full of agreement that they were, in uh, fact, watching what appeared to be the form of a man-bat flying by. The strange figure eventually disappeared out of sight. Regrettably, to date, the family in question has been hesitant to conduct a personal follow-up interview with me or any other investigators. Perhaps they merely imagined the whole thing or made it up, or maybe they have come to realize that some subjects are better left alone, like a fucking giant, you know, man bat <laughs> flying in Texas. As right. incredible as it sounds, there have been other documented reports of similar winged humanoids throughout southern Texas. According to a newspaper article that appeared in the Houston Chronicle on June 9th, 1953, Three residents of the city observed a man-like figure perched on the branch of a pecan tree. The Houston Batman, as he's <gasps> become known. I'm Batman. Was apparently adorned. Yeah, it was uh, apparently adorned in, in a black paratrooper costume complete with attached wings and knee-length <laughs> boots. But the strangest attribute, according to the eyewitnesses, was the fact that Batman emitted a dull gray glow that faded out right about the time he vanished from their sight. Stories about the winged humanoid creatures can be found throughout Texas and in Mexico. In Rio Grande City, there were rumors of a man bird that haunted the roof of a local tavern during the 1970s. Holy shit. Yeah. Damn, I didn't know that. In Robstown near Corpus <laughs> Christi. <laughs> oh, uh, let's see, November... I'm just going to stop reading because that's that's the spoiler alert there, uh, listeners. Uh, next <laughs> fucking story, I'm Batman. And you went deeply into uh, Cousin Kenny Pooh's uh, accent again. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm uh, knee-deep in the Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA. <laughs> I was going to say, if I didn't know better, I think Daddy might be drinking. Yeah. Oh. Uh... God, I hate these giant trucks that drive past my house. So there you go. I think next time around we're going to have to jump into some flying humanoid stories. But not just like, you know, um, bat squash and stuff like that. I've got some stuff we have yet to talk about, and it runs quite the gamut. I also need to kind of do a little investigation and see if uh, Batwoman ever ended up fighting Mothman, because I'm pretty sure we talked about that a few episodes yeah. ago and never got but back to it. I'm just uh, I'm mind blown about this Houston Batman that he had like a gray glow. Like we've never encountered a flying kryptonoid with a, a gray glow ab about it. So I'm just like, dude, this is fucking weird. Yeah, it definitely is bizarre. And also, um, oh gosh, was it Chicago O'Hare? 
you know, we had quite a few stories we've talked about in the past of mothmen being seen and maybe mothwomen uh, being seen, moth people being seen yeah. at the uh, Chicago O'Hare, Air- O'Hare Airport. And I think there's just three news stories that came about, including one uh, eyewitness testimony that includes three people that saw it all at the same time. So I'm going to do a little dive into that. You're going to do a little ringy-ding into this Texas uh, Batman, and we'll see wherever else we can go, where the road takes us on the next episode. Well, I hate that we have to conclude it at this short of an episode, but we just wanted to give you guys a little something, a little uh, update instead of leaving you high and dry and having to go an extra week without hearing our beautiful uh, desitone. Is that a word? Or is that I mean, a diaper I... rash cream? Um, desitone that's... creamy? Yeah, that's desitone, not desitone. Baritone? Yeah, baritone works. Yeah, that works, yeah. Any hoozle, uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much for checking in with us. We love you. We hope you're all doing well. And, and next time we'll make it up for you like we always do and give you something supersized. And also, um, I think we'll probably maybe start uh, T-shirt pre-orders next week. Fuck it. Fuck it. Why not? It's been long overdue. I've just been dragging my feet. I have no one to blame but me. But, uh, yeah, I think we're going to do that, guys. Next week, we'll drop the pre-order for T-shirts, and we'll get those pixelated paranormal shirts up and running on the press and get them out to you beautiful people. But until next time, please, guys, check out our Instagram account, PXLParanormal. That's where you're going to find the beautiful pictures of the sheep's head fish that we're going to post because, God, why wouldn't you want to be haunted by that image? Also, check out our Facebook account, The Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Please give us a follow on either or both of those. And then if you're on iTunes, please give us a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know how we're doing. Uh, We want to say hi to all the new followers. We are approaching, I think, hopefully, probably before the end of the year, at least 500 followers on Instagram, which is fantastic. And uh, hello to all you new listeners. I want to give a huge, huge shout out to our friends over at the Paranormal Experience Food Truck. Presto, Shayla and I went out uh, this weekend and tried their poultry geist uh, shredded chicken, kind of like a gordita almost, a flatbread taco. And it was delicious. And uh, chatting with those folks, uh, looks like we're probably going to be pairing up and doing some partner stuff here before too long so Ooh. have to find a day where you and steve and i i forgot about that until just now yeah anyway talk to them and they want to do some uh some work with us so yeah can't wait for that kind of stuff to start kicking in but yeah presto what do you got for us man well listeners you know you might find yourself watching uh you know the uh, what is it the, the dark knight rises with the uh, christian bell you know the yeah, first half and the first half of that, uh, you know, movie, uh, the beard that he's got going on looks like somebody dragged his face through a field of shit. And you're thinking to yourself, my God, I want to grow a beard, but I don't want to grow a beard like that. Well, I, dear listeners, have some advice for you. <laughs> what you need to do is you need to go over to BigDobsBeardBomb.com and use promo code PXL. P-A-R-A, for 20% off your order. Because if you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to grow the best goddamn beard that you can possibly grow and not look like Christian Bale, then do yourself a favor and just go check out Dobbs and get uh, Bay Rum Sweet Tobacco Fresh Citrus Mint Classic Bay Rum. I mean, you can't go wrong. So get it all. Get it at Dobbs and uh, just up your beard game. 
There you go. Get your beard game strong with Dobbs. If you're in the Wichita area, please stop by and see our friend Leslie and the gang over at CD Trade Post at Pawnee and Seneca. If you catch yourself on a Sunday near Spectrum Music downtown in Delano, please go see our pals over at Paranormal Experience. Um, there's also a cool bakery here in town called Weird Dough that we need to go have a chat with. Um, I talked to him way before the pandemic started. And then, of course, you know, the world caught on fire, and I haven't had a chance to get back in there and chat with those ladies. But uh, hopefully we'll get something going with them, too. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, until then, on behalf of Steve, cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us who love to talk about it. And stay spooky. Stay on the Paranormal Highway. The cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.